What's going on, guys? I'm super excited about this episode. I'm going to be talking to my good friend and fellow trainer, Mr. Mallory Simpsons. Mallory is super awesome. His story is very interesting. He is a local DC resident, and Mallory has a very interesting story. He was locked up at an early age, came out of there, turned to fitness, found his way and established his own business, and was recently on American Ninja Warrior. We had a really good conversation, and I'm excited for you to hear it. All right, so I'm super, super excited to be talking to uh, one of the best, one of DC finest. <laughs> one of DC's <laughs> finest. It, the man is built like a Greek god. The man is always in shape. I haven't seen a man like you know not out of shape. Let me let me just go ahead and, and, and let you. I'm excited about this, by the way. So let me just go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Uh, so t- so tell the people who you are. Hey everybody, my name is Mallory Simpson. My clients and friends, they know me as Rocky, Rocky B Fit on IG and Instagram, owner, one of the co-founders of We Fit DC. I'm a certified master trainer. Yes, sir. And and, and fun fact, bro, Mallory and I used to work together, so that's how we, we kind of like met. And, and I remember walking into the gym, and I'm seeing, I, I transferred, actually, to that gym, right? And I we're not going to say the, the name of the gym. <laughs> we won't say the name. We're not going to say the name. Big box gym. Yeah, it's a big box gym. Uh-huh. And I, I'm looking at I'm like, who is this guy? This guy is like, you, you. I remember you doing like a sort of like a pull up, like hold, and you're doing like you swing the legs from side to side. I was like, this guy is ripped. <laughs> this guy is ripped. So from there, got to know you a little bit. Very ambitious. Very ambitious. Your clients really loved you. So so let's start. I guess this good place to start would be like, tell me a, a little bit about your childhood. Like, how did you grow up? Were you always active? Were you always built like the Greek god? You know, <laughs> no, nah, I was always a, a sm- small, frail, like see, I, I was very slender. I did play sports in school, but as far as working out, no, nah, it was it was just like I had a natural like talent. Yeah, it wasn't that I pushed myself and tried to push my body to get to another point. Nah. Okay, so so like then, w- at what point did you start making that transition to like, okay, this is where I'm at. I want to kind of like you know get a little bit more size on so I got um I was incarcerated I was incarcerated for 10 years Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I got incarcerated while I was in college Mm. I was I was in college but I couldn't separate the streets from academia it's no standing on the fence of that so with me being at um I surrounded myself in certain environments that I shouldn't have been around I got incarcerated it landed me to get incarcerated I was facing 30 years Mm. Ended up getting sentenced to 13. Got released. Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton, she contacted BOP and got me mm. got me out a, a year earlier. So that was that was pretty dope. But I got into fitness being locked up. So I, my first year, I was playing basketball. I love basketball. Mm-hmm. And I went up. Somebody undercut me. Prison ball. Prison yeah. ball. Fell. Broke my wrist. Ooh. So they told me, like, dude, you, you, you better start working out. So from there, I had three different casts on. Man. Once the final cast was removed, I just started working out. I was 128, 29 pounds when I got logged up. Oh, man. How, how old are you at that, with that time? I was maybe 23, 24. Yeah. yeah. That was a tough thing to be kind of like be facing, like, you know. 
that, yeah. th- th- that many years, you know? Yeah. What was it? Was it scary for you? Was it? What, what, what were your thought process? At, at, like, you know, going through something like that. Just getting home to the kids. That that was it. It once they said the number, that's what I had to do. Yeah. And that was that was it. Just making it making it home so I can be a good you know a father to my kids. Yeah. And and your dad so happy uh, Father's Day and thank you yeah, for doing this one on Father's Day. Yeah, the kids you. are they're outside yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, they're outside. <laughs> <laughs> they're a little hungry. They're a little hungry. But once I, I started working out, guys saw that I was dedicated to it because it was an everyday thing for me. Mm-hmm. I had no knowledge of what I was doing. I just noticed that I was gaining a little size Mm -hmm. i may have got up to like 140 Mm -hmm. until someone told me like you ever thought about being a trainer like what do you want to do when you go home Mm -hmm. i didn't have a clue or that wasn't even on the radar but somebody who was going home he gave me one of his books and from there like i've absorbed everything loved it Mm -hmm. and from there i was working in the kitchen yeah yeah making 23 cents an hour saving up buying my certifications and you know i have a bunch of certifications yes, and continuing yes. education courses so yes I just love the studying I love working too but once I actually got into like helping others it'll be guys that are about to go go home and like uh, family and friends they wrote me needing workout plans so I was getting a, I was getting a little experience back there yeah so it was pretty dope that's that's really good. So how 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 has so that was I guess that's a positive right from from you know being locked up. Yeah. You know like kind of like put you on that path that fitness path. Yeah. Then you kind of like fell in love with the whole process. I fell in love with it. Yeah. So like what was the first thing that you did? So after you got home, you started you got a job. Yeah. So coming home, I was in a halfway house for nine months. Mm-hmm. So those of you who don't know the halfway house, it's uh it's. You're still uh, under like custody, BOP custody. So I had a curfew that I had. I lived in an open dorm with a. Uh, it was maybe six to eight of us in mm-hmm. there. Like no privacy, like bunk beds, the same bunk beds that were in the prison. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to leave out until a certain time of day, mm-hmm. and I didn't get to return home. So first thing I went got some interview clothes. All my my resume was done. I did. I had all my resumes and the, the certifications with me. Yeah, but I also got into this construction program just in case I didn't know how the fitness world would accept me. Yeah, or, you know how well I would do. So from there, uh, first job I got hired doing I was a bouncer. Yeah. Then like two weeks later, I got hired at this big box gym. Yeah, yeah. And from there, it was on. Like I saw that I was really good. <laughs> and, and that's that's really good. I want to also like you know circle back a little bit. Like being in being locked up, right? facing the amount of time you were facing right yeah having your family your kids right what sort of like mental and emotional stuff were you going through and how were you coping while you were in like in there like what was your mindset like so the first two years were the toughest years (laughs) they were the toughest years because i was so down on myself yeah because i knew i had more potential than this i mean like the mentally it was. It just took a small psychological psychological adjustment. Being that I'm from, like you know, the roughest. I've been in the roughest area. So, like mentally, I feel like for young black men, a lot of us are already like mentally prepared. No one wants to go to prison, yeah, yeah. but the mental adjustment isn't as big as it will be for someone coming from like a lot wealthier neighborhoods. So it was just a small psychological adjustment. I was just so upset with myself because I had my kids that mm-hmm. I left. You know. In, in the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't be there, so that was that was tough on me. But I wrote them every week. 
to send them letters every I, send them letters I know they were so young yeah that I knew I wouldn't be getting letters back yeah. I still pushed them yeah. so and that's why we're so close now yeah and you know every time like uh, like even here right now you're coming here and you they were spending time with you and you're spending time with them I, I can see you just cherishing every oh yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> and I tell them that often I tell them that all the time every time I get them every time I see them because I'm laid back and I'm quiet they like, Daddy, what you smiling at? Yeah. Like, y'all just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> that's deep. That's, yeah. that's that's real deep, man. Yeah. Because I guess they don't really see it right now, but maybe, you know. When they, yeah. yeah. That's what I tell myself. Yeah. If they don't see it now, then when they when they get older, they don't understand. And, and how old are you right now, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 36. And and the fact that you've been through so much, you know. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm 37 this year. Yeah. The birthday's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you've been through so much. You've been through so much. And most people won't even get to go through some of the things that you, you, you've you experienced. Yeah. And the fact that you still keep pushing, you're still positive. How, how do you stay positive? My work keeps me positive. Being that my kids, uh, they don't hold anything, the past against me. Yeah. So that, you know. That that helps out a lot, but the work that I do, like I'm a health advocate. I'm also like I do plays. Well, I'm a, I'm a part of the leadership board of this uh, nonprofit called Voices Unbarred, and we do plays speaking on like incarceration, yeah. the transition home, just being advocates for prison reform. So that's something that I'm passionate about, and I've been loving it. I'm I've, I've just been blessed. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, I, I'm gonna circle back to the, all the cool stuff because you're doing a lot in the community, especially in the DC area yeah. here. But one other thing I want to touch on how how did your clients receive you? You know, they didn't know about your background. They didn't know about what they were accepting of it. So um, when I was working at the gym, mm-hmm. I didn't really tell anyone. Yeah, I didn't really tell anyone unless. They were my clients, and they—I mean—they just inquired. I never hit it, like, yeah. but it, it was just something that I never really touched on, like, or just came out and told them. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm going to help you get to your goals. I'm, you know, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to make sure you ha- you don't have any mental blocks that that uh, affect your physical fitness, and we go from there. But it's, it's been some clients, you know, they they really like me, so yeah. they they would ask questions like, "What have you been doing? Like, how long you been doing this?" Which I can answer, like <laughs> honestly. Yeah. But I didn't. I don't. I didn't really get into me telling them about my criminal history. But there were some people to ask, and when I told them, they were like, "No, get out of here." Yeah. Like you're well spoken. You you look. You don't look like. But I would tell people, what does a person that's been in prison look like? Mm. Just because my teeth are white, I got the muscles in yeah. my upper body. My matches my lower body, which is one of one of the misconceptions. But it it does happen. One of the misconceptions of guys coming home from prison that they can't speak. They got a big upper half, no no lower body. <laughs> which there are reasons for that. Yeah, lack of knowledge and lack of equipment and everything. So mm-hmm. it was cool. And and one of your clients, uh, Stuart, who was also on the Mr. podcast Stewart, a, yeah. as well, uh, he he speaks very highly of you. Yeah. Uh, and and there's a part on his in this episode that we did together. Yeah. And he mentioned how the training that you guys did together. Yeah. Uh, kind of helped him with Parkinson's, and he saw some sort of like regression in in his uh, in Parkinson's. Yeah. That was really cool. So most of the people that I, I kind of like run into that we kind of like know, yeah. we both know, yeah. really speak like very highly of yeah, you. They love me. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a great thing to kind of like have that bond. So it, it, it truly like, speaks. Yeah. To be a successful trainer, I feel like that's uh, an important thing. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like retain a client long term. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
you still retaining the client long term because they're going to remember the things that you taught them. Yeah, which is which is cool. That's that's awesome. Now let's 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 go a little bit uh, into the, some of the stuff that you're doing. You were speaking about earlier. You're, you're talking about the the plays and stuff that you do. Yeah. Uh, so tell tell us a little bit about that. So I'm a part of the leadership board of this uh, nonprofit called Voices Unbarred. Mm-hmm. They started about four, three and a half years ago. Yeah. So it's a group of. It, at the time, it was a group of women. Yeah. Young women, they just recently graduated college, real, very passionate about prison prison reform. Wow. So they came into the prison that I was at before I came home. And they were like, hey, guys, we want to help you guys make a play or a series of plays. Mm. So guys, I mean, when they came to the chapel to be a part of the program, they like, man, I'm just coming to look at the women. Yeah. <laughs> so no one was really receptive to... I'm not a playwright. I don't, I don't act. I don't want to act. Like what if, which I understood to a certain extent, because most guys are that spot. I was at was like a come, you're coming, you're about to come home. Yeah, yeah. So most guys were like, I need resources to re-enter society. They weren't thinking about plays, and but what we uh, so we the girls showed us. I was one of the ones that stepped up. Like, look, this, I mean, it can be cool, and it can actually have an impact because they have certain co- political connections. Mm-hmm. They could change the system. Yeah, yeah. So I was all in, and from there, like, a, f- uh, a lot of the other guys fell in, and they enjoyed it. And Voices on Bar, when we wrote the plays and designed the scenes and everything, they had actual people performing them out here at the Kennedy Center, Lincoln Theater, and different venues. So they had people performing our work that we put together on the inside, which was cool. But they were the thing is, they were based in D.C. Yeah. A lot of the guys in the federal system are from everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was the first one to come home, reached out. they like, <laughs> yeah, we would love, you know. So I got to perform some of the stuff and plays that I put together inside. Yeah. And other men and women's poetry and everything in different stages. And, it's, I mean, it's been dope. That's that's really cool. <laughs> is it something that you're still doing to this day? Absolutely. We got something big coming up in uh, the Kennedy Center in September. Okay. So there, it's like a, it's going to be a D.C. showcase. Okay, okay. I think they're calling it the Mumbo Experience. So they're going to have a bunch of theater companies. My other company, We Fit, is going to be there. Yeah, yeah. We're doing a big boot camp in the Kennedy Center, which is huge. We, we're going to talk about that, actually. <laughs> you guys have been doing really cool stuff in the city, so that's good. Yeah. You And, and also, too, I need to come and check out the the show uh, at the Kennedy Center, for <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. that's It's going to be big. <laughs> the, so all the, all of this, so you, you uh, when you came home, were you kind of like, during the the show still like acting and the, the plays and stuff like that after you came home and you were you had like working in the gym and all that so and i was in that i was but i was in the halfway house so in the halfway house you can only the max it doesn't matter if you have three jobs the mm-hmm. max hours you can work is 60 hours per week and that's the most that you can be out of the halfway house yeah yeah uh, after that clink clink <laughs> doors locked <laughs> yeah you can't leave so there was a play that was performed. I requested to, to to be a part of it. So, I was working at this gym. So what I did, I I put I start I put like I grouped some of my clients yeah, up yeah. and and snuck off and went to the went to and performed at the play, which was which was dope. Yeah. 
So you, you the halfway kinda, house is closed now, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, not getting, I'm not getting in any trouble. But yeah, I, I had to be a part of it. Yeah, and that was at the, that was at the Lincoln Theater. Mm-hmm. And you, no, that was at the Kennedy Center. The, okay, okay, the Kennedy Center. And you kind of had to like really manage your time well to kind of yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And that was hard to do on a train, and I'm on scooters trying to get back to the halfway house on time <laughs> because if you don't, they won't let you. Even if you had to work, they won't let you go out the next day. Oh man, if you're not in there on time. Yeah, then then you know you started training at this gym, and you you kind of like went up the ladder. You master trainer, and you you were successful. Your clients love you. Then the pandemic hit. Pandemic hit, which was the gym shut down, and I I saw the way that the country was going, and I came I came to you. I said, man, we we about to shut down this week. I I got a feeling. Yeah. They shut the doors. Yeah. And they this particular gym they didn't really. No. I don't feel that they, I'm not going to, I love working there. I, yeah. love, I love working there. I love the people that I met. I love, you know, my coworkers. But I don't feel like corporate handled it the correct way. They didn't. I don't, I don't think they did, you know. We, we didn't know exactly what was happening. No, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't. And the shoulder, the load was on us. Yeah. Contact everybody. <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is, too, you know, it was one of those things where I think for me, I felt like a sense of like I wasn't in control of like, you know, my own. Like, we didn't, yeah, we, yeah. Didn't know, we didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, it was a blessing for me mm-hmm. because I got to really get into my mobile training. Yeah. And shortly after that, like I still kept in touch with a lot of the clients and a lot of the clients appreciated just me reaching out because they I, we weren't the only ones going through it mm-hmm. everyone was going through things early people lost loved ones yeah so that was i mean it was great for me and right after that the pandemic hit so it's um i got with uh three other trainers mm-hmm. all of us were incarcerated together yeah never talked about training coming home never had a conversation we may have worked out together None of us said, I want to come home and be a trainer. And this is years ago. This is 2010, 11. Mm-hmm. All of us were together. We used to work out, watch sports. But I'm the last one to come home. They've been home. They've been trainers on a, a, not a high level. Yeah. So when they found out that I was home and then they saw me, because the last time those guys saw me was 2011. I, I may have been up to like 150 then. Yeah. They seen me when I when I and he's doing what? Oh, that's 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 Rocky, right? Man, reach out to him. We put together We Fit DC came together because it there were so many people reaching out to us from the low income communities. And then, not only that, when COVID hit, our neighborhoods that we're from mm-hmm. didn't have the most cases, but they had the most deaths. Yeah. So we we had to do something, and it was because of these underlying conditions. Mm-hmm. But a, a lot of the times, people in the roughest neighborhoods can't afford gym memberships, let alone personal training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's a feeling when you know someone really needs you. Yeah. And you need to eat, be able to eat and everything. So we made it make sense. We came out, free uh, free boot camps. We bringing out healthy meals, answering questions, putting together a lot of programs for people. I mean, we, we made it work, and we the, the community loves us. Yeah, city loves us. Yeah, I, I've been I've been following you guys. You know, I, I got the shirt and everything. You guys are doing really really cool stuff. So, I'm still educating myself on like DC history. Yeah, and and some of the stuff that's going on in in the in the city. Yeah, I moved 
uh, to this country uh, 09. Okay. So I, I consider myself a student. I'm still getting to know everything that's going on. Yeah. And it's so funny. I, I overheard uh, somebody was saying something about how there's a lot more liquor store than and like fast food uh, uh, chains than actual grocery store. And I had a guest, uh, Dr. Don. Uh, Carpenter, she was on the last episode, and we talked about food deserts and stuff like that. Yeah, and absolutely. it's a, you know, yeah, and it was it it's it's getting a little better, but there's still those deserts. Ward eight, Ward seven. Mm-hmm. There's one full service grocery store in Ward eight, mm-hmm. and two just two in Ward seven. I can walk down the street, and in Ward three, within a mile there. <laughs> six grocery stores within wow. a, within one mile and this is the entire ward there are no gyms in ward eight zero no fitness centers no nothing wow there's only one in ward seven but again i can walk down the street in ward three within one mile there are 60 different f- fitness centers studios whether it's the bike uh, or big box gyms or like small boutique gyms 60 within a mile yeah and from from your perspective, from your from Matrina's perspective, or some from a, a native perspective, why do you think that is? Why do you think that businesses aren't going into those communities, uh, to like for supermarket or like gyms, for example? Why do I think that? I think is it because like profit? You think you think maybe they may be scared of the profit, but if there was some real like education going on, which yeah. is, which is what we're doing, yeah. People they want to eat healthier. Yeah. They eat what's convenient to them. That's true. If there's no healthy, nothing healthy com- there conveniently for them, they're gonna eat what was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't put any gems there, you're gonna have a high obesity rate. That COVID death rate is gonna be like that because there's nothing there. Yeah. Nothing. So during the pandemic, We Fit was born. We Fit very first event. We gave uh, we partnered with Martha's Table for our first event ever, first boot camp. So we had about 80 people working out. We gave groceries to 400 families, healthy groceries, produce, healthy groceries, 400 families. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, very first event. <laughs> and did you you guys have to partner with like uh, some like other like grocery stores or like businesses within the See, area? See, Martha, Martha's Table is a large nonprofit. They they've been giving out, they've been doing work for years. Yeah. But they've there uh, there's a Martha's Table in Ward Eight, mm-hmm. and they. When uh, COVID hit, they were they had to load the trucks up, delivering groceries, delivering groceries to whoever needed them. Not even just groceries, baby formula, Pampers, dropping them off. And for us to be able to partner with the big organizations like that, yeah, was huge. It was huge. And from there, like the partnerships, people have been seeing the work. We did it maybe sixty-five activations last year. That's what we call our our, our boot camp. So. Giveaways, we've done 65. We're beating the streets up, yeah. beating the streets up, and we averaged about 50 people. We ruffled a little feathers here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we kept everything socially distanced. Yeah. And we we just worked. We worked. But the people whose feathers that we ruffled, they couldn't deny the work. Yeah. And that's why they're like they reached out. Well, we, we we have no problems with what you're doing because you can't deny the work. Yeah, we checking 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 temperatures, socially distance. Um, we got waivers, health waivers, and everything. This is what the people needed during the pandemic mm. to get healthier. Yeah, showing up for the community. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it, it's been like 
I, I actually heard about We Fit through you. Then from there, I started like checking it out. I was like, oh my God. And I've been seeing all the shows. And you would tell me, like, yo, you need to come and check it out. And I still haven't checked it, some of the events out, but I definitely need to come and check it out for sure. Um, and, you know, it was just one of those things where at the time, you know, I, with my everything I had going on too, yeah, yeah. I, my support was like, okay, I'm going to get a shirt here. I'm going to rep it here. <laughs> but I need to definitely come out and, and, and support because it is very good for the community. And what you guys are doing is like really amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's just a great way for like anybody who who's listening right now who doesn't know about what's going on in the city. And if you live in the city or the surrounding suburbs, you know, oh, yeah, come out to We Fit, come support We Fit. We Fit supporting the city. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and We Fit, we kind of we we came up uh, wellness empowering families and trenches, mm-hmm. and that's where last year everywhere was a hard hit neighborhood that we went into. We were welcome with open arms. We pulled up somebody in areas where somebody got shot the night before. And community still come out and support us. So we fit it's not just like fitness. It's, it's more than just fitness. It's more than fitness. We, we've had uh, mental health because it was a pandemic. Yeah. But it's something, an issue that we don't really talk about in our communities. So we had uh, people come out and speak about mental mental awareness. We've done environmental wellness. We've done cleanups. Yeah. Uh, financial wellness. We had a YouTube channel talking about financial wellness. We try to cover all aspects of wellness because it's not just about working out. Exactly. And that's the same sort of like vibe that I kind of like run my business on, right? Yeah. You know, like the mental, physical, emotional, because I think sometimes we just look at just fitness, you know, just yeah. get it in shape. But it's more than just that, yeah. you know, and it's, it's kind of nice to hear, you know, like two black men or, or another black man talking about mental, uh, mental health. That's that's huge. Like, you know. My, I'm African, so like, I is I didn't grow up like hugging, you know, my my mom or my dad like telling me. It might sound strange to some people, but I didn't grow up with my parents like telling me like I love you and and being all sensitive. Like yeah. you you had to be tough. Yeah. And you know I think sometimes we just go through life like very like hard. Yeah, a you lot. Know? Of, and a lot of a lot of times people are unable to identify their emotions. Yeah. We weren't told that. You, this is why you're, you know, or this is what you're feeling. Being able to identify that, that way you can manage your emotions. Exactly. And and you know, you know, just for full transparency, for me, one thing I, I decided to do when I turned thirty, just for myself. I mean, nothing was going on really that that made me want to do it. But yeah. I started therapy. Yeah, that's big. Uh, I did my third session uh, last Thursday, yeah. and dude, it, it's so funny because you don't know that you're holding on to like a lot of like emotions until you start talking about it yeah. then it just start pouring out then i started asking myself why am i feeling so emotional about this this yeah. happened like you know like 15 like yeah. 20 years ago yeah. but i think it's kind of good for not kind of but it, it is good for us as black men you know we we're seeing sometimes that's really tough but it's, it's good for us to talk about it about it so like other men not just black men can can be able to like go out there and, 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 and seek help because I see a lot of, I walk like around like the metro and when you're working around the city a lot of people are going through it they're going you yeah. know no they are they yeah are. but you, we gotta also contribute to these food deserts if you're putting yeah. anything in your body yeah <laughs> your brain absorbs like a, so what, what what can someone do like who's listening right now right that can help like is there a way that you, is, is we fit a website live? What what are some of the ways that we can help someone who's listening can help so like contribute on all 
uh, social media platforms, just follow WeFitDC. Mm-hmm. Our website is WeFitUniversal.com mm-hmm. because we, we called it like our LLCs. Uh, in our, our nonprofits, WeFitUniversal uh, mm-hmm. because this is something that we plan on going into other communities in other states, other cities. It's not here, but we can't. We got to get our own backyard together first. Yeah. But WeFitUniversal.com. Yeah, um, there's links there. There's a calendar there. <laughs> With some of the cool projects and stuff that you guys might be working on. Yeah. And and that's a great way just to kind of like get involved and, and stuff like that. At least just to take the first step. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we uh, have a program where we're getting people returning home from prison. Yeah. At risk youth. Their personal training certifications. I saw that. That's big. So we're teaching the classes. We're paying for it. Teaching the classes. Getting people certified. And once we get this building... We'll be able to employ them too. Yes. So we're really having it. We're going having an impact. You guys have a lot of like cool stuff coming up. I'm super excited to see where this is going to go. Yeah, we're working. Um, and also to the the project that you guys have going on with uh, uh, helping uh, returning uh, citizens with their certs. That's huge. Yeah. That that that's really huge. And just to have a little bit of more diversity in fitness because like sometimes you see you know especially on social media it's a lot yeah. of like you know people out there doing stuff there's a lot more like diversity coming in but you know just to give somebody hope like the way you found hope in 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 fitness and once you know once we we, when we tell all of the people that we talk to our stories Mm -hmm. it's it's motivation it's inspiration and us getting these people coming home certified we're giving them opportunity yeah that we we've all had but they may decide that they don't want to be trainers but they're making connections that's true it's not even about just being a trainer. Mm-hmm. They may land a, a, a job where they are really passionate about. Mm-hmm. So at least it's something, you know, yeah. you know, to feel like, oh, hey, I'm not alone. Like, and plus, they can even look at you guys and say, this person went and was in the same position I, I'm in right now, and, yeah. and look at successful. Yeah, <laughs> and somebody that looked just like them. Yeah, that's also important as well. Yeah, um, I think I think that's very very uh, cool um, that you guys are doing stuff like that I, and. I, I see it from afar sometimes, and I, I but I, I'm gonna come a, a little bit closer. I need to attend some of these events and, absolutely, and, and then absolutely. be a part of it. Yeah. Um, so, what excites you now? What excites me now? Mm-hmm. Traveling, spending time with the kids. Yeah, yeah I mean that's that's never going to be. <laughs> that's, I'm not going to lose excitement about that. That's yeah. always going to be big for me. Every time I see him, I mean it's a blessing. I've been <laughs> going. I went from seeing him every day to. Not at all for, you know, mm-hmm. I may have seen him like four times my entire incarceration. Mm-hmm. So that was that was tough. Yeah. But, yeah, traveling, traveling, helping people. Like, that. that's why this job fits me so well. <laughs> like, I, I love doing what I do. Yeah. When they, when I hear those clients, like, even Mr. Stewart. Yeah. Like, once he t- told me that he, had, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's, we switched up everything. Mm-hmm. But he loved it. Yeah. And I saw the progress, and I was pushing him. Yeah. I was pushing him. He went and got surgery. He was able to bounce back, like right back. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you aren't playing. He said his doctor told him that it was it was because of the training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He mentioned that too. Yeah. And 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 it's it's really cool that you know that you can find something you know that we do stuff that we love. Yeah. Because not everybody can 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 say that you know yeah yeah yeah. and there, there are a lot of trainers that don't really love it no you gotta this is if you want to be in this long term or if you want to be successful 
You gotta love it. Yeah. You gotta, people can tell. And and, and how, how can you find that, that that balance of like, you know, because the, what we do sometimes is, is it's personal. Like, you know, you have to really be there, right? So how do you set that boundary for you to say, okay, this is my time. I need to spend this time with my kids, for myself, you know, to recharge, to, to keep that consistency, you know? So you just gotta be organized, um, mm-hmm. have a set, amount of hours that you're going to work yeah some people may not and you need to learn how to say no yeah like, no i can't make that or not be so lenient with the clients they want to cancel within a 24-hour period yeah no you still have to pay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah because i'm not going to train you on a sunday <laughs> when i'm with my kids yeah that's not going to happen yeah and just clarity like you you just got to present everything at the beginning you just gotta be organized, mm-hmm. organized, organization. So, what will you? What will be your advice to? Uh, I have two questions. So, what would be your advice to a young, a young brother who's might who might be listening, or one, right now, or, or, or yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that might want to get into fitness or is trying to find their way through life right now. Who who might be on like you know doing some like you know knucklehead stuff, but you know, don't be scared to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I didn't do when I was younger. I was prideful, didn't ask for help. I, and I was also, I, was, I wasn't humble to, I was humble to a certain extent, but mm. ask for help, you can't be an arrogant, like, broke person. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't equal up. <laughs> ask for help because there are a lot of people that will, like, give you, like, great advice. And yeah. You got to be receptive to it. You can't just hear them and don't apply any of these things. Yeah. Because you may be able to take what they're telling you to the next level, but there's someone already at the next level too. So just continue to ask for help. Yeah. Continue to be a student. Continue to learn. Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta continue to open those books. Mm-hmm. And and before I even forget, you did something really exciting uh, this year. Oh. Yeah, you you were kind of you you were, you were like a local star in the, in the celebrity. area, right? You know, a little local celebrity. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, I, when I saw you, I was like, man, I gotta I gotta get your autograph. <laughs> so you want to tell the people what, what that was? Yeah, so I was on uh, season thirteen of NBC's American Ninja Warrior, uh-huh. which was dope. The experience was great. I filled out the application the very last day, maybe an hour before the deadline. I didn't think that they would call me back, so I never. I wasn't doing any ninja training. Yeah. Regular working out, I'm on elite level. The ninja training is something completely different. Yeah. So I hired a trainer. She was she was dope. I hired a trainer. But they called me maybe two months before they wanted me to come on a show mm-hmm. and film. So I'm like, I get the call after I finish it with a set a client, didn't recognize the number. They're like, hey, is this Mallory? I'm like, yes. I said, we've been trying to reach you. You still want to come to Seattle for American Ninja Warrior? I was blown away. I'm like, <laughs> I had to find a ninja gym, hire a trainer, and we trained five days a week. Wow. And I, at one point, I had to take off for about two weeks and let my tendons, because I was too heavy, so yeah. I lost, I had to come down. Yeah. People would see me and be like, um, why are you losing weight? Yeah. No, I need to be able to swing and catch myself being 190 on the bars. That, it's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun. Like all the other com- competitors, a lot of them had like gymnastics backgrounds, mm-hmm. parkour, mm-hmm. rock climbing, and I was the second heaviest person on the show. Mm. The other guy was 6'5", <laughs> big dog ninja. 
So, you know, naturally he's it weighs more than I do. But yeah. I I was the second second heaviest person. And I did well. Did well, went to the semifinals. I made it made it to the semifinals. Season fourteen is looking great unofficially. I, you know, NBC gives us uh spoon spoon feeds us information pretty much. Yeah. Season season fourteen is looking good and That'll give me. That's just giving me more time to train. Yeah, I'm trying to win that million dollars. <laughs> hey, I, I hear that, and, and I'm rooting for you, man. It, it, it was. It's, it's really awesome. Took for like you to, you know, have that experience and and whatnot. What, what was like some of the emotions you were feeling when you were like, when you found out that you were gonna be on like you know TV? And I, I was. I was blown away. I've been on TV since I've been home. Just like uh, all the local news channel. Yeah, I've been on TV. But to be on a show that I watched, I started watching while I was incarcerated. Yeah. The guys used to get mad at me for turning on American Ninja Warrior. They'd be like, come on, Rock, what are you doing? I'm like, it's nothing else on. I'm not watching the cop shows and everything. So I, they, I, they used to let me watch my show, and they used to crack up at me. But once they found out that I was going to be on the show, they would, wow. I got a lot of love and support. I got a lot of love and support. So yeah. it was amazing. That that's amazing, dude. Like from kids like, loved it. Yeah, <laughs> they from, say, "Daddy, I almost I feel like I'm famous too." <laughs> you know, it's not, they can look up to you and, and and see, you know, like the way you've turned your life around, man. It's yeah. it's been really amazing, and the things that you you you're still doing to this day is like yeah, just trying to instill in them that they can do anything they want, no matter what the setback is. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. and that's what they've been they've been getting that from it seeing everything that I'm accomplishing they're proud of me yeah so any advice to any uh young dads out there communicate with your kids even if the relationship with the other parent is uh the greatest continue to communicate with the kids mm-hmm. because if you fall off a little bit they might not let you know they're going to feel some type of way though mm-hmm. so continue to communicate with your kids support your kids it's about time not that money yeah spend that time with them Mm-hmm. So that's something that's big, but yeah, leave that communication open. Be there, be there, regardless. Be there because not being able to be there when you really want to be there sucks. Yeah, and 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 it's been really uh really great getting to know you a little bit more. And I'm pretty sure like people listening to us right now can really just take a, a, a few things uh, from this conversation, <laughs> you know, because I, and I remember, you know, just to go circle back again, I remember when I was talking to you and you told me that, you know, your story, a little bit of your story, I was, I was shot, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell, man, you know, and sometimes it's really interesting because you see people every day, you don't know some of the things that, what they've been through, yeah. uh, their background, and you always positive. You always smiling. You always just keep pushing, and, and that's that's something that I really admire about you, dude. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think if anybody out there and, and they're listening, they can really just take a few things from this story, and, and it can be uh, pretty good. Any question that I, I didn't ask that you might want to uh, talk about? No, not, not not really, not really. But you you've seen the transition, though. Yeah, you seen me. Catching a train yeah, to yeah, me yeah. having a red car. Yep, yep somebody yep, hit yep. that. I'm putting the doors in this in the parking lot of the gym. I put the doors on by myself in the rain at night. <laughs> put the doors on by myself to me just 
taking steps. I'm laughing. Steps. I'm laughing because this is interesting. Let's just struggle back for a little bit. This is an interesting story. Mallory had a uh, what was this? A red uh, Mercury Milan. Yes. <laughs> License plate Brazilian. <laughs> the license plate tags red Brazilian. Yeah. And and that car that car was a was was very good to you. That car has seen seen some some good days. <laughs> I put a lot of lot of love into it. You know, like it and it was on his last leg. Yeah. And the sacrifice though, you still used to show up for your clients and you come in and the car would be smoking up. Smoking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and and you would change up the like the door did the door f- fall off? Uh someone hit it. So yeah. I went in and got some doors from the junkyard, put it on, saved the insurance check, put them on myself. Yeah. <laughs> in the rain, yeah. In the parking lot of the gym, in, you know. In the parking lot. Got it to stop smoking in the parking lot. Yeah. And, and let's just say it right now, guys, uh Mallory is not driving that right now. He's he's driving something a little bit nicer. A little bit. A little bit, <laughs> a little, a little bit nicer. <laughs> a little bit nicer. So, you know, man, I am super proud of your your transition, man. I've seen it in a short period of time I've been knowing you. And it's been really short too. It's been what, like what, a year and a half? Going on two years now? Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've been home since March of twenty nineteen. I've been out of the out of the halfway house since around December of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, December twenty nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 quite a quarter. So, so last twenty twenty one was like the first full year under no custody. Yeah. And that was it. And and you stayed positive and kept smiling, kept helping people, helping people. like I mean, that's yeah. Have to. Well, this is this this has been a, a really good conversation for me. Uh I really, really enjoy talking to you yeah we're gonna get the other founders from we fit on here for and sure everyone else tell their stories because all of us are we're brothers yeah we're brothers and <laughs> it's, it's when we have like a real brother relationship like sometimes we get the job done but sometimes you know we don't but that's natural yeah but the business side of it we got we're locked in yeah we locked in those my those my my brothers and we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna get the the, the members yeah, on here. Jojo, yeah, Jojo, Mousy, Walt. Yeah, yeah. it would be good. It'll be good to kind of meet them because you you're, you're kind of like my end uh, to the rest of the the, the 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 crew there. So, and any other trainers like locally, if you have ever felt that feeling where you want to help out, or people you got people reaching out to you that you know can't afford to work out with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on! Like we we got a team of nineteen ambassadors. We still recruiting, mm-hmm. so we can we'll eventually be able to do events in different areas. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to fulfill that void, then you come on out, like and still give back to the community. That's great. You guys hear them? Um, any any? What's your Instagram? What's your? How can people Man, get in contact, contact with you? Contact us on um, IG at WeFitDC, Facebook, Twitter, WeFitDC. If you want to be a part of the mission, if you just want to donate. Because you might not have the time like that, we fit. Just contact us. There's a link on the website, wefituniversalagain.com. Yeah, reach out to us. Come, come on and support. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, my brother. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you for listening. This was a very fun conversation for me. And I hope it was fun for you as well. Please follow us on Instagram at Your Body at Work Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. 
and soon we will be sending out some emails so feel free to go to yourbodyatworkpt.com and subscribe to our email list and uh have a great day